I've actually never seen that casting director again. <laughs> I don't think I ever will. I ain't going back in the closet for no one. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Be you. Like you, someone's going to see something in special in what you've got. Hi, I'm Helen Shepherd, and this is The Hollywood Reveal. I'm a British TV host, actor and comedian living in LA and on this podcast I interview my guests about their lives and careers here in Hollywood. And because it's all about that big Hollywood reveal, of course they spill a whole load of juicy gossip. Expect industry stories and insights, plus a whole lot of inspiration too. Welcome back to The Hollywood Reveal. As always, I'm so excited about my guest. I always am. Every episode, but I'm a little bit more excited than usual today because I have one of my old friends with me. He is a TV host and sportscaster. It's John Mason. Hello, Helen Shepherd. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that you're here and this is my first podcast with a non-American. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, we're doing it for the Aussies and the Brits, yes. I guess. So you are an international TV host and sportscaster. <laughs> you basically cover some of the world's biggest sporting events, right? So you have this amazing jet set lifestyle, but you're based in LA. Yes, I am. I tell you what, I lived in London for 10 years, which is where we met, of course. I know you're mm -hmm. going to get more into that. Um, and I just reached a point where, you know, so much travel was involved with my work. And I was like, if they're going to fly me from London, they can fly me from somewhere that's sunny. Yeah. So here I am in Los Angeles, California, living yeah. the dream with a much better tan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, you've covered events for Eurosport, BBC Sport, Channel 5, FINA TV, you're their official host. Yes, yes, I certainly am. And that's the Aquatics. Yes, it's the International Federation for Aquatic Sports. So they look after swimming, diving, high diving, water polo, uh, artistic swimming, which used to be synchronized swimming. We don't call it that anymore. Oh, why not? I'm not sure. And I still get in trouble sometimes because weirdly it's so ingrained in me yeah. to say synchronized swimming. Um, but the synchronized swimming community is a very vocal one, surprisingly. Wow. Um, yeah, so they changed that. So I do all of their major events, European Championships, World Championships, World Cups, World Series. And there's a lot of travel. I get to go to really cool places and meet some cool people. Yeah, I love following your Instagram and seeing all of your jet set adventures. Um, so basically, we met in London. We both hosted for Channel 5. That seems like a whole lifetime ago now. Uh, I mean, it really truly is. And you know what's crazy is I'm, I'm looking at you right now and you haven't aged a day. This really? Is, you look fantastic. I think yes. the same about you. Do you? Yeah. That's the Botox. Oh, I haven't <laughs> had any yet, but I think my bangs have kept my forehead out the sun or something. <laughs> yeah, but it does, doesn't it? Like Channel 5, late night TV. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of where we learn all of our skills though, right? Yeah, it was amazing. And... You know, it was pretty well paid and it wasn't that difficult. I mean, for, it, for us, it wasn't that difficult. Of we course. kind of could do it with our eyes closed at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we learned so many skills there and met loads of cool people. And Yeah. yeah. And I mean, here we are. I, I couldn't even tell you when it was that we met. It's got to be going on a decade. At least a decade. At least a decade. Yeah. And here we are on the other side of the world, still in touch. You know, I love that. I love that. And I remember... When I was first thinking about moving here, I remember meeting up with you in Soho because you'd already moved here or you were in the process of moving. You were kind of back and forth. You were waiting to get your green card. Yep. And I remember you 
telling me like I met up with you with I had a, like a notepad and you were telling me what to do you were like get your website in order get your show real done yeah I mean it's not an easy process yeah. you know to sort of up and move to the other side of the world and I think you know a lot of people would love to come here and as hard you know as it was for us to do I think we're very lucky oh yeah I, you know. I feel so lucky I feel like I completely changed my life by moving here just in terms of health and career and yeah, just my mental health as well is so much better here. Yeah. I mean, I always have a soft spot for London. Yeah. Always, you know. You know, I haven't been back. Have you not? I haven't been back. Because, not once? Not once because it was the pandemic. I was here for only a few months before the pandemic. Then I couldn't travel because I was still on a visa. And had I gone back, I wouldn't have been allowed back in. And then I was getting my green card and you can't leave the country while you're doing that. So I... Got my green card now, so I can I can finally go back and visit. But yeah, well, you've got to go, Helen. You have to go see your family. Go and do a Christmas. There's nothing it's like too, a Christmas it's in too London. Too cold. I hate the I, cold. But the mulled wine. The mulled wine. <laughs> you know what? I don't really drink anymore since I moved to LA. No, that's very LA. It's all green smoothies and yogurt. It really is. I feel like I fit into this lifestyle so easily. <laughs> okay, talking of all things LA and Hollywood, what is your Hollywood reveal story that you have for us? Well, a Hollywood reveal story is a little bit uh, embarrassing for me, I suppose, because obviously I'm a TV host, um, you know, sportscaster. But like yourself, you understand that we have to have many strings to our bow. Mm -hmm. Um, And my agent called me up, was like, hey, John, you know, we've got an audition for you. They're looking for a British. It was a British role, right? And I was like, fantastic. Not that I'm great at accents, but I can kind of get away with a British one. You know, I have a soft (laughs) British accent. So... I was like, yeah, why not? Let's send me in. I'll go meet. It's always good to meet casting directors. Go in there. It's a big show. It's for Netflix. Um, And I had prepared my best standard British accent and um, learned my lines, was diligent as best I knew how. You know, it's not my my field. I was very nervous, but I was thinking, you know what? This is going to be great. And I got in there and uh, there's the casting director, the casting director's assistant, the director which is quite rare. You know, normally you go in and you, there's mm-hmm. an assistant. You go through a round or two before you get to that. Uh, and they immediately proceeded to tell me that it was in a Derbyshire accent. It was oh, my character. Was, no. <laughs> my character was from Derbyshire. So specific. So, like, ridiculously specific. If you know British accents, it's ridiculously specific. And I thought it was the right idea. It was a good idea to just have a crack at it. <laughs> So I started oh. the biggest audition of my life and, uh, and what sort of proceeded to come out of my mouth was a mixture between like Scottish and Chinese. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, needless to say, I never got a call back and I've actually never seen that casting director again. <laughs> I don't think I ever will. But um, a little bit of a reveal there, you know, it's, yeah. we've been saying lots of good things that happen, but it is a bumpy road. It's There's such a downs. bumpy road. I um, I had a similar one. I think I've already told the story on the podcast before where um, they asked me to do an American accent. And I, I went out and had five minutes to prepare and just went back in and did it. And um, the casting director was like, uh, no, can you do it in an American accent? <laughs> And then she was so nice. She said, I have another role actually I want you to audition for. There's no dialogue. <laughs> There's no dialogue. Just silent. Yeah. Give me your American accent. Oh my God. I can only do like a valley girl. Same. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. I think it's because we grew up like watching Clueless yeah, and stuff. Yeah, maybe. I can do an Australian accent. All right though, mate. That's that not a, bad. Not bad. Not bad. It's not Throw bad. another shrimp on the barbie. Well, we don't say shrimp. Oh. 
There you go, learning yeah. something new every day. I should day. know that. I've been to Australia m- many times. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you said it's a bit of a bumpy, bumpy ride here. Um, I feel like being in the entertainment industry in any country is a bit of a bumpy ride. So how did you get your break? Um, oh, wow. Uh, into the sports world or just in just general? in general. Well... Into being a TV host. Um, I mean, if we take it back to the start, this is kind of a, a little bit of an iffy topic right now because when I first moved from Australia to London, I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, and I remember walking down Oxford Street. You know, remember where Topshop used to be? Yeah. Oxford Circus. And this girl stops me, Maria Frogner. Um, I was like a baby, like 20 years old. And she worked for a company called Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> and she recruited me uh, to work in the store. And I was like, why not? I'll give it a go. Oh um, my God, you were one of the hot, I, hot topless I guys. I was a hot... Oh, well, I'm not going to refer to myself as that because that's very ridiculous. But yeah, I used to stand in London. <laughs> London weather in flip-flops and jeans and no shirt on. Um, but they got me signed with my first modeling agency. Right. And from there, you know, I got signed in Munich, got signed in uh, Italy and spent, you know, a few years modeling around Europe. And then after a few years, I was like, you know what? This has been great, but I want something just a little bit more. And that's when I went to Channel 5. That's where we met. So that was your first hosting job? I'd done like little bits and bobs of like events. That's crazy. Well, you were were obviously meant to be doing this because I thought that you were a really experienced Australian (laughs) host that had come over. I didn't realise you'd just (laughs) been in Abercrombie. No, I mean, I was in Abercrombie Fitch and then modelling and then that. But I'd done like some events and I remember I hosted Elite Model Management, had me host uh, a wonderful, wonderful man who I adore. Um, who used to run elite models in London, uh, gave me, I met him at a wedding and he was looking for a host for the elite model look uh, final in London. And he was like, you're great. We'd had a couple of wines. I was like, ah, you know, it's like, you're great. You send me, your, you know, you're real. So I sent him my staff, um, which I'd filmed myself just <laughs> like, you know, with a friend around Covent Garden, like Fox popping people. <laughs> Some of those as well. <laughs> yes. Um, and they hired me, so I did that. And then the team from Paris had come over and they saw me and they asked me to host the world final in Shanghai. They flew me out. Jesse J was performing. I was like shitting myself, <laughs> like absolutely shitting myself. But um, I, w- I pulled that off and I was like, you know what, if I can do this, let's have, let's have a real go at it. If I can do yeah. that, I can do anything. And that's when I started at Channel 5. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I just... With the sports, yeah. How did you how did you transition from from hosting game show and I guess modeling competition to sports to sports? Yeah, I mean it's a little bit of a uh, right place, right time moment. Um, a producer I'd worked with, John Bailey, who I love, who's still very much in my life. We still work together to this day. Um, he was producing the uh, European Swimming Championships in London, and the night before uh, the competition. The girl who had my job, her father became very ill, unfortunately. Oh. Sorry, putting out, you know, I hope he's okay to this yeah. day. Um, but he phoned me up and he said, we need someone to come in the last minute and cover. So I went in and covered, jumped on the on my laptop, did as much research as I could. Totally winged it. Like no idea what I was really talking about, particularly. Um, and then it just went from there. They started giving me job after job. I'm a bit of a unicorn. I'm a gay man in sports. That doesn't come <laughs> along very often. Um, and I thought about maybe hiding that, but we're really yeah, at a time. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like if that really, if you found it difficult to 
find work because of that or people judged you differently because of it? Definitely, definitely. There's certain sports, like I know right. in football, as Americans would say, soccer, um, I went in and met with the team. I'm not going to say who they were. They were looking for like a stadium host to do a season, hit it out of the park, love them, they love me. And they were like, you're just too gay. Like not in my mannerisms, but very South American, very Middle East culture uh, right. followers, um, fans, shall I say. This is a good Hollywood reveal story. There you go. Oh, yeah, this is, this is what I should have told in the first place. Yeah, I went in and met with them and they were like, no, like, I'm so out and so proud and so open on my, yeah. my Instagram and my, my public profile. It's the UK's ready, Europe's ready, but those yeah. countries just are not ready to have someone be the face of that yet. We just, ha we have this one out footballer. In the whole world, <laughs> Helen. And he's Australian and he's like 18 and he came out like last year. That is it. That's crazy. In America? Australia. Okay. Oh, he's in Australian. Australia. Yeah, yeah. There was, uh, like currently playing, there was a footballer who came out, a soccer player, sorry, in America a few years back, but it was after he'd finished playing. But that's, that's it's so just not, crazy. it's yeah. not there, you know? Um, so it's definitely hindered, my ability to get work in certain areas and certain aspects of the sports world, mm -hmm. but I don't want the job. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I love my life. I love being a gay man. I love being a gay man that's passionate about sport. I ain't going back. I, I ain't going back in the closet for no one. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? There's no paycheck work. No, no, absolutely not. So anyway, yeah. I totally cut you off because you were talking about something else. That's all right, babe. I, listen, this is me. Podcasters at home listening. I tangent, tangent, tangent. So Helen's going to have to wrangle me. Oh, yeah. We were talking about how you got in. So right place, right time. Started hosting. Oh, yes. Then got job after job after job. And it just kind of snowballed. Well, and now you're an expert. Now I'm an expert. This is how it happens. So, like, you know, I've been doing a lot of the swimming and the diving. And obviously those sports very friendly to, you know, uh, the gay community. And then... Fina were looking for a bit of consistency across the whole international platform. So normally, you know, a major swimming meet would go to Doha, then to China, then to Japan, then to wherever. Well, there was a different host. So every time any, any people at home were tuning in, it was always someone different. And they were like, we need a bit of consistency. We need a through line. Um, and they met with me. They met with a bunch of other people. And then... Uh, Greg Bowman, who runs great big events in Australia, it's one of the biggest sports uh, presentation companies in the world, really fought my corner, bless him. Love you, Greg, always mm -hmm. will. And they gave me the job, so they gave me like a four-year contract over an Olympic cycle, and we just went for it. And I host it like it's, it's entertainment, not like it's sport. So, you know, normally someone gets out of the pool and they'd be like, you know, congratulations, your time was 21.2. You know, how did you feel with the swim? I don't do any of that. Like they get out and I'm like, oh my God, you smashed it. That was so good. Like it's like high energy. Yeah. Um, and the athletes loved it. I was like, we're just going to go for it. They're either going to love it or hate it. And they loved it. And Fina loved it. And then the viewers loved it. So then, yeah, they just extended my contract through to Paris 2024. Yes. Wow. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Thank and you. I love that. I think it's so important in the entertainment industry to really find what your truth is and your essence. And I think it's so brave of you to interview mm. those sports 
people do you say sports people i want to be inclusive sports men and women i'd say know. athletes just athletes. say athletes yeah. athletes um in that way and not kind of conforming to the way that you think mm. you should have done it because had you done it like that then you probably wouldn't have this ongoing contract with them definitely and i think that that is a big message to everyone who's listening at home as well like just be you like you someone's going to see something in special in what you've got like what I bring to the table is totally different than what Helen Shepard brings to the table, right? It's totally yeah. different. But there's a place for all of us. Yeah, and I think that comes with age as well. And when you really, truly realize that you are no longer in competition with anyone, and that's one thing that I love about aging. I know if I'm right for a job, I'm going to get the job. And I don't feel... When I was younger, I felt in competition with other women for jobs. Mm. Even my friends, you know, if we were auditioning for the same thing. But now I don't have that. I'm like, they're either going to want me or they're going to want you. And yeah, we're not the same. Absolutely not. And it could be anything. It could be anything. Like, you know, you whenever you miss out on a job, we all do it. We all like question ourselves or question whatever. Mm-hmm. But one thing you just do the work find what you're good at, play to your strengths, know you're good at it. Like confidence is key, not arrogance. There's a difference. Like confidence is key, but also like find a way to deal with those insecurities and that those, you know, demons we all get. Yeah. It's like find a way to deal with them. I just ignore mine now. (laughs) Piss off. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I still have them. um, Mm. But I just kind of, I'm like, Oh, there they are. I'll just carry on. Yeah. yeah, I don't let it stop me anymore. And I really think that moving to LA for me helped me understand that and develop my own skills. You know, I'm doing all this stand-up comedy now. I would have never done that in London. Can I say that <laughs> when you started doing that, when I saw you doing that online, I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Like that for me, that was a left field. Like I've always found you very funny, but being a stand-up comedian is a di- totally different skill than like <laughs> being funny at a dinner party. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I know. I love it's it crazy. For you. Sometimes I laugh to myself that I'm doing it. Um, but I just wanted to try it and the the energy that I love in LA the people around you here are like yeah you should do that you should do that whereas I feel like in London people are a lot more closed-minded about you trying to start a new skill or take a class in something or do something yeah and And there's that tall poppy syndrome do you know what I mean what does tall poppy syndrome mean? it's like if you start doing well and you're the one poppy that comes up they like cutting you down yeah the British press yes you know yeah it's a very British way of being and it's just not really like that in LA I think anything goes here. People are just way more creative. Everyone's doing whatever they want to do. People aren't scared to be bad at things here as well. People don't want to try new stuff in the UK because they don't want to look bad. But here, everyone's just like making a fool of themselves constantly. And it's great. Yes. (laughs) Like if you're going to do something like if you're going to fail, fail spectacularly. Yeah. There's nothing like my idea of hell is like living a life of mediocrity. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like either be, you either going to be amazing, but I'd rather be, try something and be so shit at it <laughs> than not try it at all and sit yeah. at home. You know, it's like, just do it. If you want to try something, have a go at it. Yeah. And I think, um, I guess that would be my advice to anyone is like, yeah, just follow your dreams. Even if they are so fucking ridiculous and everyone around you is saying you can't do it, just do it. Just start doing it. Yeah. 100%. I totally agree with you on that. Totally agree. And they might, you know, not everyone's dream in inverted commas, but not everyone's dream really, I think is going to come true, but the dream evolves and changes. Yeah. Doesn't it? It does. And you just, when you 
find something that you love, you're, you're kind of quite content doing it. I love writing comedy and I love just going to open mics and stuff. Yeah. And when I was in the UK, I would, I think I was also more concerned with making money back then. And I think, well, I'm not making any money doing this, so I shouldn't put time and effort into it. But I think being here in LA, I'm like, well, actually, it's really good to invest in your skills and to take time to be creative for your own stuff and totally. not just be obsessed with like trying to make money. Because we all know when you stress about money, you end up having less of it anyway. And you just like... A hundred percent. I totally agree. And I think there's that thing of like, you know, people always say, you know, I'm still trying to find my calling or whatever. I don't necessarily believe your calling has to, or, you know, what you're put on this earth to do has to give you a paycheck. Like yeah. you might go and work a job and pay your bills, but you want to do like pottery. Yeah. <laughs> you might be terrible at it, but you're passionate but about you it. You great. love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make the shitty cups. <laughs> <laughs> make those crappy cups. Yes. Um, okay. Back to Hollywood stuff. Have you had any exciting celebrity encounters? Oh, yeah. Oh, hang on. Weren't you hosting a red carpet Yeah, last I hosted night? one last night. Oh, yeah. So Hollywood. Uh, I met Alicia Cuthbert, who I was obsessed with when we were younger. Do you remember The Girl Next Door and 24? That show with oh, kids. Oh, yeah, Sunderland. She was the daughter that yeah. got kidnapped. I was obsessed with her. So she was there. Josh Dumal was there, um, which was pretty cool. It's film starring Mel Gibson. He didn't show up. I was oh. kind of hoping he did. Yeah. I was like, you know, he's pretty... He's a bit more reclusive nowadays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was all very Hollywood, very like glamorous and red carpet and, you know, lots of, you know, a hundred photographers taking photos and it was fabulous. Do you think, you know, everybody says here there's celebrities everywhere. Yeah. And you just see them everywhere when you live here. I never see them. I don't see any celebrities. I'm like, um, where are the celebrities? I would agree. Yeah. Do it it doesn't happen often. I think also because people don't look like how they look. Yeah you know, on TV or in magazines or whatever. But um, yeah, I just, I you don't. don't. Who's your biggest, you must have seen, you've been here a few years. You have yeah. to have seen one. Um, well, Christopher Nolan was ahead of me in the line in Gelson's, but I didn't know it was him. And here's the funny thing. I was with my friend and it was the Gelson's in Franklin Village, so in Hollywood. And I was actually having a rant, this same rant, about how I never see anyone famous. Like, I never see anyone famous. Where are all the celebrities? People tell me there's always celebrities around Franklin Village. And um, he was making eye contact with my friend who was kind of looking at me and being like, shut up, Helen. And I remember thinking, that man's really strange. And he was buying, I looked at what he was buying. He was buying tea bags. And I was like, what a weird man. And then afterwards, my friend's like, do you know that it's like one of the world's most famous movie directors? And I'm yeah, like, that's oh. a good sighting, Helen. But I don't, yeah. I just remember thinking, oh, I think he was buying chamomile, chamomile tea bags. The takeaway from all of that for me, though, was that the British woman said, <laughs> you're a weirdo, you're buying tea bags. <laughs> I was like, oh, that whole story? That's what sticks out from that story. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've seen any other celebs. Not, oh, um, yeah, I've seen a few actors. I'm bad at remembering people's names anyway, but yeah. who would be your ultimate celebrity spot or encounter? Oh, it's tough. One. You know, it would have been Queen Elizabeth. Oh, I would have I've loved. actually met <gasps> Get met out of her. town, no way! Yeah. I was doing like a weird, you know, like one of those weird promo jobs you do as a model. Yeah. And um, I had to, I was, it was, I think I was working for Betfair. And so the horses in the horse race that were Betfair horses, I had to lead them into the paddock. 
I mean, I have experience with horses, but not like race horses that just run a race that are like foaming at the mouth. I had to like lead this horse in. I was like getting dragged all over the place. I had to wear heels, obviously, because and they like took photos and stuff. And then I had to go stand. The Queen's horse won. So then I had to go and stand by the podium and she came over and I hadn't been briefed on how to speak to her at all. And she just said hello to me and I was like, Hi. You're like, sup. And then she handed me her binoculars to <gasps> hold. And I was like, okay. And yeah, that yeah. was my encounter with her. And I was kind of annoyed that no one, because isn't there like a protocol you're meant to curtsy and say, hello, your majesty. I didn't do any of it. Totally. It's, I mean, I don't, I don't know what those protocols yeah. are, but there certainly is. Yeah. And I feel like she, her dying weirdly was like, she's kind of like one of the last of the untouchable celebs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we have celebs now. Oh, you're on TV. Great. You're in movies. Great. Whatever. Like, but even to a certain degree, I think, you know, presidents are more accessible, but she was like, un- there's no access to her unless like you've gone through so many channels. Yeah. That's a really cool sighting, you know what? Helen. I'm absolutely lying. I've met Leonardo DiCaprio as well. <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of, I met a whole load of, um, Football players, American football players, really famous ones yeah. that play for the main teams. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I know. Love I'm like the, main, the famous I would have known them. I would have yeah. been dying. I think Taylor Swift would probably be my oh, biggest. I've yeah. not met her, but like, I, you know me, I'm such a huge Swifty. Yeah. Like I would, I kind of don't want to meet her though, because I feel like I have built her up so mm-hmm. high in my head that, you know, yeah. if I did. I am, um, when I was a teenager or younger, I think it was about seven, actually, to be honest. I was obsessed with John Bon Jovi. Random. Random. I was like this like eight-year-old girl with pictures of him in his cowboy boots with his long hair on my wall. Um, and I love, I, knew, I still know all the lyrics to every song. Yeah. And um, I met him working an event when I was in my 20s in London, and it was such a disappointment. Oh, no. That's I didn't so... realize how tall he was, and he was smaller than me, and he had, like, fake tan on, and I was like, oh, no. Okay, girl, let's not judge fake tan. No, I know, but it was, like, orangey fake tan. It's fine if it looks natural. I don't know, maybe maybe he just... Maybe it was makeup, you know, because it was yeah. at an event, but I was like, oh, that's wow, a shame. that was a shame, yeah. Mariah Carey was one. I mean, my niece is named Mariah Carey. She's probably the biggest celebrity. Uh, I, I actually sat with her. We were at Clive Davis's Grammy party in my, and my husband was working for Clive Davis um, when it was in New York. And he has his Grammy party the night before the Grammys. And she was sat like on the table behind us, like there. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. It's like, Jesus is in the room. Yeah. You know, it's like Mariah. And I at, by the end of the night, I had like three martinis. So I was like, had built up a little bit of Dutch courage because I don't normally approach celebs, right? There's yeah. like a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. You just don't. And I went over to her and I said, listen, I, you shaped my gay youth, like as a young gay boy in Australia. Like I'd been remiss if I didn't come over and say something. Like I would just regret it forever. Yeah. And she went, oh my God, thank you. I love your suit. And I was like, I love your dress. That was my American accent. Um, and I said, can I get a photo? And her minder put his arm out and said, no, 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 she's not doing photos. And she went, oh, stop, of course. And I sat down and took a photo with Mimi. It's like on my Instagram, um, at official John Mason. Um, (laughs) it's, It's on my Instagram. And that's, for me, that's probably the biggest yeah. The one that, because the one that's had the most impact on me. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. You actually got to speak to her. Yeah. I kind of, I'm 
trying to think of it. I met lots of celebrities working in London, but since I've been here, I mean, I guess half the time I've been here, more than half the time is a pandemic, so I don't really get to see anyone. But um, yeah, I'm definitely, it's so weird. It's like, I don't really care about celebrities, but I still get really excited at the thought of just seeing them. Yeah, Yeah, certain certain ones, definitely. The big ones, you know, like I want to meet Brad Pitt. Yeah, oh, oh, God, Brad yes. Pitt is just like ultimate Hollywood for me and like Shelley's Theron and Meryl Streep and yeah. those kind of incredible actors, I think, would be the, the people that I'd be really excited to meet. All the people that came up before social media, mm-hmm. they, they, to me, weirdly are more famous, like in a weird way. Yeah. Like if you came up and you were like iconic status before things like Instagram and Twitter yeah. and Facebook you're still of that old Hollywood. Because once that once social media came around, we had access to them. I know. Like on a daily basis. Whereas we never did. It was always like, what are they doing? Who are they saying? You know? Such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, reading the other day that Emma Stone doesn't have any social media. I mean, why would you when you're Emma Stone? <laughs> um, and she's like, why would I, why would I do that? I don't need people to write nasty things about me or, you know, see what I'm doing in my life. Um, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's I love so that. true. I love her and that's made me love her even more. Yeah, I know. And she's in that Louis Vuitton campaign, which is all over Hollywood on the huge, oh. huge billboards. And I just look at them and I'm like, yeah, not on Instagram, just on the biggest billboards in the world. <laughs> just a billboard, yeah. as you do. One day, Helen. One, One day, day soon. Yes. yes. Oh, it's been so much fun talking to you. We've it gone way been. over time. I can't stop chatting. Before we go, um, what are you working on right now? Uh, well, next week, I'm covering a, another premiere next week, uh, William Dufault and Jeff Bridges, I think, film. And then I leave. I'm going out of the Swimming World Series. We're going to Berlin, to Toronto, and to... The glamorous Indianapolis. Wow, <laughs> Indianapolis! I've never been. Uh, I'd like to go. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I'm I'm always open to going to new places. Same. Um, and then I get, I'm heading down to Australia in December for the uh, short course world championships. Wow. I'm gonna have Christmas with the family. Oh, can't wait! Can't wait! Yeah, that'll be some well-deserved time off for you. Um, where can people find you? Uh, social media at official John Mason. Um, mostly Instagram and Twitter. I don't really do a TikTok. I mean, I watch it. <laughs> I'm a consumer. Um, but my agent's on at me about that. So maybe there as well. Yeah. But at Official John Mason, I would love to have you guys come and join me. I love uh, getting to know my followers. Leave me a comment. I'll say good day. Yay. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do give it a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at The Hollywood Reveal. I'll catch you in the next episode.